What's up everyone, my name is Isaac Jackson and you are listening to Films Don't Shoot Themselves, a fortnightly podcast where I discuss all things filmmaking. On this week's episode, we have our first ever guest and that is Rob and Rich from The Film Look. I'll be chatting to them about their short films, client work and their YouTube channel. All that and more is coming up on this week's show, so let's get started. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Uh, you're the first guests I've had on here, and hopefully I'll have some more amazing guests like you on in the future. Would you be able to introduce yourselves? Um, yeah, so I'm Ross. Um, I'm Richard. Yeah, uh, we are The Film Look. Um, we just we make films, make YouTube videos, do a bit of client work, and anything to do with video and film. Yeah, so we make short films. And then we break them down. Everything we learn, all the mistakes we make, we document as little episodes that we put on our YouTube channel, which is called The Film Look. And we also shoot behind the scenes as well. So you get to see us working on the short films and working in the studio on episodes. And then we also do Instagram stories as well. So we've got short films, videos, <laughs> BTS and this. And then we also shoot some pictures every now and then. Yeah, with, with uh, the Instagram story bit, like I'm still trying to get my head around what I can do with Instagram stories. It usually just ends up being videos of uh, my foster cats. Um, <laughs> never seems to be much else. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's another yeah, one it's, of those things you've kind of just got to do. Uh, so what we if we're just doing something, we'll we'll just quickly record like a bit and then put it on there, and it seems to be doing okay. So yeah, I've uh, I've seen you do like some behind the scenes stuff from your channel every so often. Um, it's probably something I need to be doing as well. Yeah, anything that's kind of coming up, uh, so if we're recording a video, even if it's coming out in a couple of weeks, we'll just, whatever we're doing that day, it's like the instant stuff. And then we'll, like, like it says, we'll record the behind the scenes that'll go out on a proper video on the channel of that. So you kind of film things twice. We do a lot of overlapping with the yeah. content, yeah. That's, that's definitely a good idea, like with the social media presence, is to try and repurpose content specifically for different platforms. Instagram's changed quite a bit, actually, because when we when we first started the channel, we thought we would use Instagram as a like 10 second trailer to each mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. We would upload a video. I think video had only just come out for the masses on Instagram at that time. And it got like really no traction at all. It was 15 seconds at the beginning. 15 seconds. Yeah. 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 And then we said, oh, well, let's not bother with it. And then they started doing stories and started doing like the buttons that you can press. Mm -hmm. So there's like polls and stuff. And since then, it's got a lot more interactive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you yeah. can tell a better story on the stories now, which is why they've done it. And there's more and more features. Um, and some people, you know, actually tell like begin, middle and end stories, which is quite interesting. Ours is just, this is what we're doing. Uh, hashtag people in, tag the companies in if it's equipment we're reviewing into them. And, you know, it's slowly building. It's just another platform you've got to on top of the other ones like, like, like YouTube is our main one but Instagram is probably second maybe it's along with Twitter as well yeah, it's try, trying to figure out the, the correct strategy for you on these different platforms uh, like with Instagram I'm still trying to figure that all out um, so up until now really I've just been posting photography um, and it hasn't really linked into any of the filmmaking I do or my YouTube channel and that's something I'm trying to figure out mm -hmm. for this year is how I can incorporate that in a seamless way well, the thing I like to see the most on Instagram is the behind the scenes that you don't usually get to see, the 
the honest opinions on things and then also the work in progress. So if you're out shooting something, I would love to see uh, what sort of setup you've got, something interesting. Maybe you've got a problem with like a, a lighting rig and you're saying, right, this is how I want to do it. And then maybe the next story is, oh, I actually solved it. This is how I did it. And it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's some good ideas, yeah. What, what was it that kind of got you into filmmaking in the first place? Um, what was your inspiration behind deciding to take up this career path? It's funny this because I was thinking about this literally last night. I gave my friend a lift home and we went past a house that used to have, that my friend used to live in when we were about 10 or 11. And I remember he got a webcam and it was a wired webcam at the time. And he said, Richard, do you want to make a Matrix film? So I asked my sister if she had a trench coat. So I was Neo. I got me dad's sport glasses. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and um, he, he ran the webcam like out the window to the field in front of his house. And he like propped it up on the wheelie bin. How long was that cable? Oh, uh, it was about two meters. It was quite a long cable. Oh, okay. And then we just like fought each other on the field. And then... He decided he was going to get a, a fancy video camera, so he sold me that Lego webcam for five pound, and then I started making videos in a, in my bedroom, making like little blue tack stop motion things and just some like weird videos. Uh, do you, that's do you how have I got a copy started. of that Matrix film? Because I definitely want to see that. <laughs> the Matrix film, I don't. Oh. Uh, the earliest stuff I've got is the Star Wars videos that I used to make, where it's me swinging like broom poles <laughs> um, in my back garden. And uh, there was this free program you could get called LS Maker, which was specifically just for rotoscope and lightsabers. So you would you would yep. pin the top and the bottom, and then mm. you would obviously animate it all. And after that, it was like. Yeah, I want to make Star Wars films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I started um, probably quite late. You know, Rich started at 10. I started at like 21, 22, something like that. Uh, That's when I first picked up a camera. I'm 30 now. So it was, I, I did um, business as a degree for three years and realized afterwards that I didn't want to go into anything like corporate or anything anything like that I'm I've, I was always creative I've always made stuff whatever it is from working with my dad who's a joiner um to just just messing around with making little videos and nothing was ever I, I, I didn't know it was an option I didn't realize oh you can actually do this for a career and make yeah. money out of it um so I went to uni and did a master's in media production which it, it kind of it showed as well the buttons were uh, to a camera and then since then it's just been the process of learning and creating and realizing that you know what you can actually make money from this sometimes not a lot sometimes it can be um but as long as you're creating and the main thing I want to do is just make films write write things make other people's and tell good stories which is that old thing that everyone says when they talk about filming I just want to tell stories um, but yeah that's I mean I started quite late well it's uh, I say late I was still only 21, 22 it's not really but it just you just figure out what you want to do eventually better to start at 21 than yeah. 31 though yeah exactly now, now you've got 10 years experience I mean yeah, when I was 10 that, I couldn't have said that I had 10 years experience when yeah, I was 20 true. I mean at least uh, I suppose when you were 10 you had to buy that 5 crew webcam because that was your pocket money that's all you had yeah, yeah. I mean now I can I, you know I've got equipment which is which I can go out and get and 
to make stuff. It, actually, now I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want any equipment. Yeah, I just you, wanna... you haven't lost a lot of years. <laughs> no, that's it's not true. like you've you've skipped out on your grassroots I mean, football yeah. when you were five. I mean, the the business side, uh, you know, kind of put us in the mindset um, and learned us some uh, transferable skills, which we've used uh, to to run the the business and the YouTube channel and uh, things like you know building websites. I did that at university, and uh, you know uh, we've built. Or, you know the business one and the film look look one I did both of them if I didn't know those skills we would have to pay yeah. someone to do it uh, which would have cost you know money it took me probably a little bit longer but it was all transferable so I'm glad I did it but I'm glad I, I'm i very glad I did the the master's degree and started filming and yeah, I think like um, when you're younger at least you your view on being able to be successful as a as a creative is generally you have to make it big but if, if anything, the last few years has told me is to be successful as a creative, you don't have to make it big. You can start a video production company and go out and start making films for people today if that's what you want to do, which I think is pretty awesome, yeah. especially now. Um, yeah, like equipment is starting to get so much more affordable. You can get much more high quality equipment. So it, it's making it so much easier for people to to get started in this career path. Yeah, I mean, getting started now is it's on everyone's phones and people progress from there. Um, I've got nothing really this against uh, phone things. You know, the, yes, the quality and the production is, um, you can make some good stuff, but, you know, the stories that they're telling, that takes time to learn. But they can obviously shoot some stuff on the phone, put it together, even if it's just a couple of clips of the mate. I mean, I, I did this in school, you know, I, the, you know, this was just when video was getting onto phones and it was like what 120p or something <laughs> daft like that but my phone had a pause button so we, we had like so that was your editing in camera editing yeah. I don't know why I didn't continue it but like I says I didn't realise it was an option but yeah it, it, everything's accessible now um, so accessible that there's so many people doing it so that makes it very difficult to kind of um, be get seen in the crowd there's more com- competition isn't there there's more there's more beige there's more blurred lines yeah and there's, there's definitely more competition but that definitely doesn't put a lot of people off it's just how successful and what you what is successful to you um in terms of where you want to go in your career in filmmaking you know it doesn't have to be feature films it might just be making client videos yeah. or weddings you know people make a good career out of that and make good money out of that um, so. so when was it that you guys decided to start doing work with clients um I when I finished uh, well during university I got uh, when I was doing my master's degree I got a job uh, an internship at the museum creating videos and then from there I just kind of went yeah I can I can actually make some money out of this and it's very interesting um, some client jobs are really interesting you get to meet some great people you get to experience and see things getting made uh, and it, sometimes it's like oh I didn't know about this subject and you get to learn that some not so much um, you know can be quite dry some of the corporate stuff um, but it's just uh, it's it's just what you kind of kind of got to go through um, I mean me and Rich weren't uh, didn't start working together um, at the very beginning um, it was in a couple of years I, I, I was I was shooting stuff for about three years four years by myself um, and then me and Rich met on a on a job for someone else uh, and I was getting paid and Rich wasn't <laughs> um, it's always know. funny that's how we met yeah because after uni, so I graduated in 2013 with the expectation that I would be able to roll into a job in animation or visual effects because yeah. that's what the university said that I could do and that <laughs> didn't happen. Yep. So the backup plan was, okay, let's start shooting some client videos instead. Let's try and work that out. 
with no experience in business or anything, I made a lot of mistakes right at the start, didn't charge enough, didn't realize that you could budget for extra equipment if you couldn't do something. And generally the, the quality of work was very, very substandard. So I thought, okay, I need to start getting experience. I'm going to try and get a couple of freelance jobs unpaid so that I've got a CV and then I can say it to some company in the Northeast, can I come and work for you? So as one of my, my intern unpaid things, I went on a job and then there was this other guy who was a freelancer who had very similar kit and it was the like, exact oh, yeah. same kit. That's uh, the exact same kit, yeah. <laughs> but I was getting paid. And uh, he was getting paid and I wasn't, which I didn't know at the time. Um, and then it was good. It was like the first real... A uh, bit of experience that I got shooting a client video, and then the guy rings us up two weeks later. Do you want to help us um, shoot this uh, quick like online commercial for for uh, for Mini? Oh yeah, it was for Mini, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'll give you twenty quid. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I mean, twenty quid? I'm not getting paid at all. This is wicked. I mean, twenty quid. I think it was just a it was just like an event job. It wasn't it wasn't anything major. It wasn't directly for Mini. It was for someone else, and I probably should have charged more myself. It was like an online promotion yeah, thing, yeah. wasn't so it? I think yeah. I only I was I only charged them like 150 quid, which was a mistake. I should charge them triple quadruple that. Yeah. Um, so twenty quid was like. God, that was. Oh, sorry. Kind of, you picked it. You picked me up as well. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of, bit the budget, and it was, uh, and then we went and we, we shot it, and then it was just kind of from there. I was like, anytime I needed someone, I was rich, and then we, we you started st- doing short films together. Yeah, we both, yeah. we were both making different yeah. short films, um, and then we, we just started working together, and it, it was just it was actually location scouting for something, and um, I was, I was just sick of working by myself. And we were both doing very similar things, and it was yes, I would I would take an, a pay cut, kind of half of with everyone. We just went fifty fifty from the very beginning, but it's it's obviously helped since then. Um, and I recommend anyone, you know, I've I've worked with other people in the past, and it's I'm going to get so here, Rich. Cheers, um, mate. I've worked with other people in the past, and the reason that it hasn't worked the business because it, it wasn't necessarily video is because of the I wasn't passionate about it but it was also the person that you, you're working with and um, you know yeah. and I think that's that's half the battle um, and we both have different skills of, of like yeah, yeah. The I think show. about I would say it was like an 80-20 sort of thing so like 80% familiar with the same sort of things we want yeah. and then the 20% is like the little additions that we both mm. bring in yeah. um, we were working and helping each other out and be like oh do you want to come work on this project with us do you want to come here? I'm doing this for the day. And then we soon realized after a couple of months that our showreels were almost identical because yeah. we worked on every project together. Yeah. And then that's when we said, well, let's just, let's just, um, instead of having like two websites and like two businesses. And well, paying it, out for two as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the, the double the fees yeah. on everything. It was like, well, let's just, let's cut one off. Let's sever it. And then let's just work under one name. And that was when we started doing the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, because obviously I had a studio as well at the time, um, which we're now. Um, and yeah. then Richie was still working at home, and that's a piece of advice I give to anyone: like, if you can get a space which is not 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 home, and and try and get out because you go to work then, don't you? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I work from my uh, my office at home, so it, it, some days, like uh, if I'm just editing and I haven't got any shoots to go on. I could I could spend like a couple of weeks just not really leaving my house unless I have to go yeah, get groceries. Isaac, you're not wearing it's trousers uh, right now, are you? Yeah, we, we can see you right now. <laughs> you haven't got any trousers. We, we can't see no, below I'll the put chest, them on especially but, uh, for you, this. You're still wearing your pajamas. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like um, when, when people are starting out, I, I definitely think you should consider doing free work because yeah. you need that portfolio to be able to start asking for money. Because pe- people aren't going to want to hand over your money if, you're, if you've never actually done any work for someone before and you don't have something to show to show that you can actually do the job that you're saying it's a strange one because Um, part of me thinks well people should get paid for the work that they do but on the on the second hand you you don't have filmmaking apprenticeships and them are the key skills that you need to learn and and for us doing this uh, like the freelance video and filmmaking things the the free work is the apprenticeship and I think that's how people should be taking it. Or, you know, you go to university and you do a course, you're paying thousands per year. So maybe consider the cost of living and the cost of travel to get to these places and not get paid as your tuition fees. And when you think about it, it's actually a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, you've you've got to do it um, for a certain amount of time. Then you've got to realise um, when to get paid. Even you might have been doing yeah. it for a very long time and you still might need to do the free stuff to get in there. But if, and at different clients, you can charge different amounts as well. So you, you kind of got to judge that. If they're making money off the product you're making for them, you should be making money as well. That's like the bottom line. Um, yeah. You know, if it's for if it's for an yeah. artist, if it's just, if, if it's for someone who's just, just wanted a little bit of exposure or the, to document, especially at the beginning when you're just starting out, yeah, you might, you might give them a very reduced rate because, you know, they don't have a lot. But if you're doing work for a big company, then yes yeah like a fortune 500 if yeah. you google uh, and look yeah. up their wikipedia page and it says billions per year <laughs> yeah then you need to put you need to maybe add an extra it zero yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter what you're shooting for them they should be paying you so yeah well, I, I think one of the 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 best strategies really is not to just accept any free work that comes to you mm but to go to people offering your services for free because that way you're choosing companies you want to work with as opposed to just accepting something from someone who doesn't really care about you. You can then um, kind of shoot it in your own style as well, tell their story, but in the way you want to. When it's it's the other way around, you've kind of got to work to a brief. Uh, They've got... uh, different um requirements that they want from the video and that's that's a good skill to learn as well because then you've got to really uh, hone your craft and you'll the communication with the client uh will be you, you'll get better and better at that and understand when there's too many cooks in the kitchen you know you've kind of got to redu- come back and go no i'm going to make this and this is the reason why because some people don't get the vision and the creative style that you might be going for so you've got to really communicate that in some ways mm. um yeah but yeah you go out there and just Shoot whatever you can, even if people say no to you, just, okay, make a documentary which is about a subject that you're passionate about and put everything into that um, just to get stuff in a showreel, on your portfolio, on your website uh, and out there. Okay, yeah. Um, so you said it was around a similar sort of time that you started the the production company together that you set up the YouTube channel. Um, what was it that made you want to start on YouTube and, and create tutorials to help other people learn filmmaking. It's in a similar way to the production business, we both wanted to start YouTube channels. We both had ideas for making filmmaking tutorials or little documentaries about filmmaking. And that was when we were doing the same work and I'd moved into Rob's studio at the time because he was saying, Rich, you need to get out of your bedroom because mm-hmm. it's killing you. Mm-hmm. So we were both there together and we thought, well, you know, we've, we've merged these video productions 
together. Why don't we merge the YouTube channel together? And we did. And Rob was already working on this uh, this little video on spraying your lens caps orange. <laughs> and I was working on a couple yeah. of videos on like how to make your gunshots sound better and things like that. And we thought, well, let's let's just put them together and start something because everyone wants to be a YouTuber, but you just you need to get on it because in three years time you'll have wished you did it three years ago and that was kind of the thing it was like right let's just get it started let's spend six months just making some cool videos don't put them online and let's learn from all of the channels that we really like and then just give our two cents yeah i mean we we started we started the youtube channel six months before it launched um just to get the style down i mean like it says with that lens cap video it was it's not too far away from what we ended up with um and then it was just yeah. kind of get used to making videos and talking to microphones and oh yeah talking to the camera that's <laughs> you a, know that's a skill in itself you look back at the old videos yeah. <laughs> oh man we just look miserable yeah and then you go to one that we put out like last week and it's like oh right okay this person has some excitement about yeah. what they're talking I mean, about those early ones were concentrating so much on what we're seeing yeah it's you know it's like right get this right <laughs> yeah. constantly and more and more takes but yeah from the beginning it was just uh, and i think it was it's allowed us to put work out on a regular basis and i think uh, any creative person it's kind of like when you yeah you have to have something complete and when you for, for me anyway it's like if i haven't uh, had a video made in a while or taken a gone out there and taken photographs i feel like not pressure but something inside is like i need to go out there and create something it's like the completionist yeah. sort of attitude yeah because yeah, you, you need to be constantly making work like a music musician you know they can pick up a time you know even if it's just a couple of notes at least they're, they're constantly creating and making something in any creative person it's like an urge it's yeah. when you get it stagnant to, isn't it yeah. you start to get a little bit depressed and you're like right i need to just have something that i can say goodbye to something you can finish yeah and at first those videos were like just cracking out them just get them online mm-hmm. see what people think yeah and that was another thing about the youtube channel i think that's probably one of the the major points that we've got somewhat success on the channel is that working together we've both got slightly different ideas for videos and then we've merged those together i wouldn't have done any top-down stuff if it wasn't for you making that video about lens caps Mm, yeah i mean i had that rig the top-down rig built before before the channel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was yeah. i was shooting for, for a while i remember asking me dad actually uh to can you give us a hand like making this top down rig and he was like what for us just as one day i'll make money from this <laughs> and it's still up there and we, we were shooting with it yesterday um so yeah i mean we we had a lot of stuff in place um before the channel and before the ideas you know even a different name we had before it launched and then we we come across the one we do have and it, it's just a process we i try to give the, that advice to people if you're going to start it um, started in six months yeah three months you know work out what, what your style is what your format um, make videos edit them see what they're like and then uh, it's not get them perfect but in six months time put them out there and then then you know your style you're a bit more comfortable and you're ahead which YouTube's all about consistency so. it's kind of like making potatoes how are you going so in, <laughs> instead of boiling the kettle and then pouring that into the pan and putting cold potatoes in there and that boiling water cools down and they don't taste quite as nice. What you want to do is get some cold water and heat the water up with the potatoes. That's your six months. Yeah, all right. And it makes them taste better. It makes them warmer and essentially makes your channel better. (laughs) 
Soldier's potatoes, yeah. I don't know what that one was. I mean, <laughs> I, I really like the metaphor, but like, I need to try that with my potatoes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I haven't done Do that it. before. That's definitely something yeah. I need to try. Yeah, I think um, you know, with with the whole YouTube thing, really, it's, it is just about getting started, not having that delay. Um, like I, I've done loads of random ass stuff on YouTube for years since I was a little kid. Some of the stuff I'm very embarrassed about and I've been deleted I'd off like the to internet. That. Um, That's shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll send um, over something from 2005, my lightsaber videos, if you send me something from uh, your childhood. Yep. Oh, well, I mean, the, the first film I ever made, and this is what kind of got me into wanting to make films, um, was very embarrassing. Um, me, me and my friend were on holiday and we decided to remake Jackass. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people got there. started, yeah. yeah. I got a couple of videos on my old hard drive called Dumbass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Some skateboarding videos. Yeah, it was good, good fun doing that. Really good fun and like crazy thing is looking back then this is like over 10 years ago now i would not have thought i would have been pursuing this as a career at the moment and actually being able to call it a career because i don't have any other yeah. income it's I mean, insane I mean, like if that was 10 years ago even then it's like it doesn't seem like it's a real option um but obviously yeah. in the last 10 years with the amount of the dslrs and everything in phones it is now accessible and people are realizing that so yeah. it, it's not it wasn't like oh he's an option like oh no you, you have to go and have get this type of job even create any anything creative as well it's a t it's a tough struggle but it should be seen as an option for people so isaac yeah. how long were you thinking about making a like going real serious with the youtube channel before you you pulled the trigger on it um so it's probably a with this channel, it was probably about two years. It was just, just before I started university. Um, I, I knew I wanted to go into something to do with film. Um, I wasn't too sure what it was. Um, but I went to university originally to study computer science, and I did a year of that and hated mm -hmm. every yeah. moment of it. Um, I enjoy it as a hobby, and it's still something I do. I code every few days. Um, but... As a career, it's just not something that was for me. Uh, so I changed university and I went and did a journalism course. And I did that because I wanted to, to study about documentaries and learn the storytelling aspect of it. Because at that point, I was looking on YouTube and was like, all of the skills I can learn on YouTube. And I think it's an amazing resource yeah. for that. Um, so yeah, I in my second year at university, I was like, screw it, I'm gonna, gonna start a YouTube channel and I sucked mm. at it. I spent a year releasing videos as and when. There was no structure to it. The videos were just awful. They're still up on my channel and I'm not gonna remove them because it's nice to be able to look back and see where I've come from from it. Um, but now it's, it's having this regular uploading and creating content on a rigorous schedule really. I release a video every Tuesday and a podcast every other Friday um, and then Every month I'll release a, a sort of behind the scenes vlog, usually covering uh, different filmmaking topics. Having that deadline's an important so yeah, like, thing, isn't it? We, yeah, we upload every um, Tuesday I, and sometimes the video might go out and it might be slightly less mega polished than maybe it could be if you spent another week on it. Yeah. But it's it's out and it's done and you've left it and you're on to the next thing. And only by doing that, can what have we got, like 281 videos? Like, holy hell, my, my skills in editing um, since before the YouTube channel 
Like it's insane. I remember what we uh, we had a we have an episode on bungee cords and using them to keep stuff against the wall so you can have light stands and stuff. Came up with that idea when I woke up in the morning. I had me coffee and then I had me morning poo <laughs> and wrote it on my phone on Trello. Yeah. Well, it's on the toilet. When I was driving to work, Rob looked at it and okayed it. And then I presented it that afternoon mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we shot all the B-roll and then it was edited in mm-hmm. like 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was quite a fast turnaround and sometimes they're like that. And that's the whole thing of completion, you know. I don't even yeah. think we're... I don't know if we're on a deadline that week or if we need to just get one done, but it was just like, all right, let's shoot this, let's go. Just get it, yeah. yeah. You just had that inspiration to to get started on it. Yeah, so some some videos do yeah. take a little bit longer. So the one that's coming out on Tuesday, um, it's it's kind of taken us a little while to get round what the idea was and then to structure it. Um, it's a bit more of a theory history kind of um, approach to uh, like editing. It's not editing like pressing the buttons. It's 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 all about the theory side. So that that's been super interesting to do. But it was like, okay, I've got to learn this. Yeah, because that's a format that's actually quite new. Like sometimes if if we make a video that we've like done before, we can crack it out in like a day or two. Yeah, that one's a bit more specific. It's a bit more like, all right, how does this actually work? Yeah, because it it feels more like teaching this one instead of like a review of a light or a camera. Yeah, you know, there's a process to them. You know, he's this he's the sense what we think about it, but w- with the learning one, it's like okay, make sure I'm given the right information because that's that, you know when yeah. you do hear false information it's like ah oh, man if someone comes back and goes that's not right you're like oh yeah it's not maybe I should have looked into that a little bit more so but then knowing that that's going to come out on a Tuesday mm-hmm. pushes you to be like right it, it's it's better that it's done mm-hmm. than perfect yeah, going back yeah. to the, the, the perfection part of it as well like it's for, for me I find uh, it's probably like one in three videos I'll upload it and I'll come back to it a few days later just to re-watch it and try and learn from it and every, literally one in three I'm there and I'm like ah I missed this out I forgot to talk about this and I could have gone into a little bit more detail here but it's all a learning experience for me as well because now that I've, I know I've done that it's making me be a bit more rigorous with future videos um, and it's not so much a perfection thing more just quality control if that makes sense yeah, yeah. quality control yeah no, I'm not too right I mean you you can you can be working on a video for months if you if you didn't yeah. just uh, if you just want to get it perfect. But quality control is like okay, there's enough in here. If I've missed anything, you know what? I can actually make yeah. another video um, out of this. And that yeah, we, that's something I've done as well is uh, a follow up video. Um, mm-hmm. And even as I've got better at certain things, such as color grading, um, I, I released color grading video not too long after I started the channel. And since then, I've got so much better at color grading. So every so often, I like to do kind of updates to previous videos. So revisiting them, sharing the new knowledge I've learned, and hopefully trying to create a better version of that tutorial. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the the beauty of like what we do is you constantly yeah. learn and you know even even with color grading, they might bring out an update and you're like, oh, this is actually easier now. There's more content, so. This week's episode of Films Don't Shoot Themselves is brought to you by my Patreon. If you enjoy what I'm doing on this podcast and on my YouTube channel and you want to support me, then please do go check out. I've got a few different tiers of rewards for those who become my patrons. You can find it at patreon.com slash Isaac Jackson. There'll be a link down below. Let's get back to this episode.
How do you feel about formatting and making sure that you've got like a consent a concise style with your videos? Have you because you've uploaded so many now, do you feel like it's easy to like slip into, all right, this is the format of this style of video. Now I just need to put the hard work um, in. So th the way I do it is I have like a rough outline of, of how certain videos will be laid out. Um, so I'll have like my, my same kind of introduction, same outro, that kind of thing. Um, but when it, when it comes to the content, it, it adapts depending on what I'm talking about. Um, sometimes... Mm. I find it would work better, um, such as the video I released this week, to me just be talking to camera and then cut to shots of the editing software, where other times I feel like it'd work better if I sat down, screencasted, and go along with it. Um, so format-wise, like I, I do shift up depending on the, the content, uh, wherever it works best. Mm. How about you guys? Do you, do you find like shifting content um, around a lot like with your format or... I think our format's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, for our Tuesday ones especially. Um, we have an episode that we might post on Skillshare rather than YouTube, but it's about getting ideas for YouTube videos. And it's it's identified this the the categories of videos that we make. And it means that if we need an idea for a video, we just look at those categories and go, all right, well, can we make another one of these types of videos? And one of them is you know, sharing the knowledge. So something that we already know, try to teach that in a fun and exciting way or unique way. And then there's the whole research and result style of videos. So something we don't know, we go, all right, well, the episode is about us trying to figure out what it is yeah. and then conclude it. That might be like a camera move or, you know, we're recording footstep sound yeah. effects and it's been a process to, to kind of, okay, so how do you do this? Yeah. You know, can you do this? in on a low budget or with this particular equipment uh so that's like research develop make an episode yeah and with our our format and we fully script every single tuesday episode mm -hmm. we we color code which bits are presented which bits are just voiceover things like that and even our sunday episodes so we we started doing bts six months after we started doing the the one a week we brought two a week out and at first we called it the uh the film look vlogs we just sort of i suppose we did jump on the bandwagon it was that's that's vlog us let's see how it goes and we soon started to realize that that wasn't really the style we wanted to put out so we we changed the format slightly and we started calling it bts behind the mm. scenes and then that was like oh well, behind the scenes is filmmaking yep. so it is vlogging but it's behind the scenes of what yeah. we're doing and then the next step was making sure that even the the behind the scenes is educational. So instead of just, this is what I'm doing today, it was, if you guys do this, 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 and this will happen. Mm. And this is what I'm doing today to show you that. And it's kind of merged more into a Tuesday episode. It's just a little bit less formatted and yeah. not quite as formal. Yeah. I mean, um, it's also made us be able to speak impromptu in front of the camera without having to have something rehearsed. Yeah, and the, with the BTS as well, it's you know people people follow along with it, and they can the, the really seeing how we make episodes and how we are running this, and you know how much DIY stuff we've got. And yes, we've got a studio and we've got equipment, but it's just like you know what, it's just us, and we're just doing it. We're just trying stuff out. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of I think research and development within the the bts episodes because we're, we're, we are truly shown right we're just going to try this out is it working is it not yeah. um and then just you know it's it's 
and we'll just film it. I mean, the content is probably, uh, you know, it's never ending because it's just, if we're making something, we'll just film behind yeah. the scenes, yeah. you know, and then, then talk about it and get some shots and then there you go. It's and Hopefully it is interesting for people and our personality comes across as... Because uh, Rich made a video about how to, how to make your vlogs better and one of the things that you put in was um, uh, was be interested. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can be interesting by being interested. Yeah, be interested in what, what you're doing, your subject matter, whether that's going out and taking photographs or you're just vlogging for the day. Just be interested yeah. in what you're yeah. doing. Be interested in your life. Because you're the character of the show. So if you're excited about what you're doing, then... It's entertaining, mm -hmm. even if the subject matter isn't something I'm all that interested in. You're watching the person being like, oh, man, I'm, I'm obsessed with this and I want to see this happen. Mm -hmm. And when you see some vlogs and they might be doing something really interesting, but if they're not all that interested in what they're talking about, they've... Like if they're just going to park, for example, you know, which is, you know, it's all right, they're going out for the day. Okay, be interested in where you're going. Make it entertaining, educational, you know, and... and and show the passion for it because like he says you are the character people people are a lot of the time they're watching it just because of yeah. you um, but you need to add that extra element and be interested and not at, at least interested. with um, like channels like ours where we're doing tutorials and we're trying to teach people filmmaking having that educational aspect in a vlog is a very important part Without that educational aspect, uh, to, to me it feels like it goes quite off brand it seems a bit jarring definitely um, yeah it shouldn't really be on the channel yeah. if that's the case. And that's what it was like at the first half of the the BTS or the film vlogs. We were no longer given the content that people wanted, but then we started to merge it into educational stuff. And it also meant that we can brand it as almost like a Tuesday episode. So we went out, we wanted to pre-light a scene for this short film we're working on. And we were just saying, we're going to test this out. We're going to see if this works. And, and show the result. But then the the video was like sort of how to pre-light. And that's something that we could have turned into a Tuesday episode and we might do at some point. But it means that on face value, on the packaging, in, you know, uh, the golden wrapper in front of the chocolate, it looks like you're going to be buying a milk chocolate. But if you open it up and it's dark chocolate, you're not going to be very happy, yeah. are you? No, you're not. What what are your thoughts on the Black Magic Pocket Cinema Camera? So you got to you got to play with that recently and and put it for its paces. Um, what what's your overall impressions coming away from using that camera to not using it now? Um, well, we we Black Magic sent us a, 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 a over for we had it for two weeks, um, so we had to get it, use it, kind of make a review from it, shoot some bits and pieces and stuff with it and test it out um uh initial thoughts for, like for the price um and the quality that you can pull from the image and you know 4k raw um it's you know you can't get that for 1100 pound <laughs> any of any other camera um what we did find out though that you know you've got to spend about 1100 pound just to put it in a cage add a bigger battery um and all of the extra accessories that you need for it but most small cameras you need to do that now um so you, you kind of got to think about it it is an investment um into that um there's no doubt in that the quality of the camera and the image is um it's, it's it's very very good there's a lot of room to play with it especially in resolve which is um which is a class program yeah you know that's that's what you're going to use it for um for us i don't think we would um use it on a day-to-day -day basis 
especially for the stuff that we shoot on our channel, mainly because of the yeah. file size of the footage. Yes, you, we wouldn't shoot everything in 4K RAW, but even ProRes, um, for example, we shot a project which was five minutes long, and on the Sony A7S, that's about 20 gigs, but on the uh, Blackmagic uh, Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, it was 120 gigs. So that's another investment Ooh. that we would have to think about. If we make an eight videos a month, we're going to be buying a two terabyte, four terabyte hard drive every month just to just to cope with <laughs> yeah. the footage. Um, unless we like wanted to delete the footage after we used it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a very good uh, introduction camera to like the cinema 4K raw. You know, if you need to shoot at the highest quality for the for probably for a different output or just to introduce yourself into that world. Um, I think for the price, it's just. You can't. You can't get. There's nothing close to it. Yeah, it, it's something I've been like heavily considering for for my client work, really. But it's one of these things where I I keep going back and forth, and I can't make my mind up. I think, I think really for me to make my decision, I need to get a rental out and Try it. and yeah. test it. I mean, and see how yeah, it I works. Yeah, I mean, with yourself, you, you know, Resolve quite well. Um, I did bits and pieces yeah. in Resolve to to create the footage that we had. Um, you know, and. I, it, I'd give the advice to anyone if you can get hold of one or any camera for that instance of just like get a, get the camera, use it, see if you like it or not because, you know, it is an investment. Um, so, yeah, if you can, if you can rent one, if you can get hold of one because apparently there's a six-month wait just to buy one. <laughs> so um, if you can get one, go out and shoot something with it, um, shoot something that you know uh, and then grade it and see if you actually, if you need it because we looked at the Sony footage and you know what? Sony footage is pretty good. We, yeah. we only shoot in 1080. Um, we shot something the other day uh, just in the back lane and um, we were like, oh, this looks pretty that good. looks good. Yeah, so we, we know that footage. We know how it works. We can pick up the camera and go with it. It took us a little while to get used to using the Blackmagic, but that's not a downside. That's with every camera, yeah. any new equipment. It's um, not really a first camera, is it? It's definitely a second camera. Yeah, because the price, the the, price is looks yeah. like a first camera, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. because... It's <clears throat> £1,100 is really only half of the camera you're going to be getting. For someone who maybe has £1,100 and they want to spend it, you, you're not going to really get the full mobility out of the camera yeah. because obviously it's, it's shooting these crazy uh, sizes. Resolutions. So, so yeah. the battery doesn't last very long. Yeah. So for a younger filmmaker or a beginner, Who, they're going to be that, yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna lose traction on on the being motivated, and then other things like it might just be a little bit too complicated for people. But it's definitely a good second camera if if like just the image quality is what you're after and you want like to blow it right up. Yeah, if you if you pretty cool if you're doing professional work and you're getting paid, it's definitely. It's it, it's an investment which uh, you can you know you'll be able to make back and that you have to support with the camera. You need investment to help support, like I said, with hard drives. Um, but yeah, it's not a first camera. The price looks like a first camera, but the, it's not like a play around camera. No, it's if you not had, a make some cool films yeah. movie mates camera. If you had eleven hundred pound and you were just starting out, I would say you know get a DSLR, get a mic, get a get a tripod, start shooting things and seeing if you need it. So so yeah, at, at the moment it seems like there's. There's so many different amazing cameras out and I'm in a position where I'm looking to upgrade and get a new camera and it is so difficult trying to decide which company to go with. Sony's got the um, a7 III, which is a brilliant all-round camera. You've got the Canon EOS R and other than the 4K options on that, I think it's a great camera. 
it's try, trying to decide like which route to take with a camera at the moment i think it's quite a difficult thing and we were saying about the the rentals and in all honesty if you're in in that kind of position which i think a lot of people probably are going down the rental route is is definitely a good shout yeah i mean we we were shooting on canon 600d for for years we both had one um, and then we moved to Sony, the Sony A7S Mark One, about two and a bit years ago. Um, uh, so we obviously moved complete systems, but we adapted the lenses uh, from Canon yeah. to work on Sony. So you know, it was just the investment in the camera. Obviously, then we got cages, and we we, we built up the battery, and 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 built it kind of over time. Um, but this was when there was a Mark One of the Sony A7S, the Sony A7 range. There's six cameras now the a, the a7 a7s mark 3 is probably going to come out this year um yeah. we we were going to go it was between that and gh4 when that gh4 was, you yeah know? so th there wasn't really that much competition but now you're right with panasonic the g7 looks like a really good camera for the yeah. price um especially as a starting starting camera yeah um, definitely because it's 4k you know you've got that kind of micro full third center sensor but depends on what you shoot um but now There's uh, that new Fuji camera as well, isn't it? The APS-C sensor one. Yeah. Um, the, the, I can't remember the, the Fuji the cameras look, look really good. Canon yeah. are, they produce very good cameras. I just think they're well overpriced compared to everyone else, especially yeah. if you're looking to get your first camera. They're and shooting themselves in the foot really, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're moving mm. into mirrorless. Um, so they're spending less time developing um, the current lens, the EOS system, actually developing the mirrorless one. Uh, they're, spending, they're taking a year off to... Um, making lenses for that and then so they can make lenses for the mirrorless so a lot of so something that made me laugh with canon recently was um at ces they said that they're they're currently planning to work on an 8k camera and it's like you haven't even got 4k right yet <laughs> yeah yeah so it hold off that. on that canon yeah um <laughs> i mean we we still we've still got our 600d and if i always say yeah. if people are just starting out get that um and push it to the limits no because it'll allow you to learn um, about what you like to shoot and how how you need to shoot it, um, and allow you to invest into other lenses, lights, microphones, and everything. Because the, the camera's just the start. You know, really, you need a, a solid tripod <laughs> after your camera. Um, obviously, you need a lens as well. Um, so upgrading it's so difficult, but you've just got to you've got to have your budget and go. What can I? First of all, you've got to ask your question: Do I need to upgrade? Is the camera I've currently got? Good enough for what I shoot. Is there any way that I can, you know, push it a little bit further? Maybe it's invest in a lens so the image is actually sharper because that's what people don't realize. You might be shooting. I mean, I'd, I'd say lighting and lenses yeah. are the first things you should be doing before you think about upgrading the camera body. Yeah, because you might be shooting 4K, but your lens might not be the sharpest it could be. So yeah. get a sharper lens. That's, you know, depending on what you shoot. We shoot a lot of vintage lenses. Some of them are sharper than the others. Um, you know, and then if if you really struggling to get the image quality you want to help tell your stories then put a budget together and go what can i what can i buy with what i've got and can i make money with this can i support it am i going to be in more debt than because I, I don't you know everything we've got we've we've always just kind of bought um we've yeah. never put anything on like a credit card or anything Finance like that or anything yeah like because that, yeah. i think that there's there's a spiral there of that you can get yourself into too much debt and then you oh, i've got to buy this yeah. then and buy that and buy that and buy that and you, you don't need all of the stuff fi finance looks like a great thing but for all you know in a in a year and a half's time you could have no clients coming in you've got no money to be able to carry on paying off that 
that finance and your camera's going to get taken off you. Yeah, and you in a year and a half, there's going to be a better camera anyway, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're still paying for the camera, that's not quite as good. Yeah, and you can't, you can't change. Yeah. It's like when you're in a phone contract and it's 24 months, but you want to get a, the new phone that's just coming out. Well, you can't because you're in a 24-month contract and you, you've got to struggle till the end. So, you know, instead of paying the monthly finance, just wait because then... And, and, and save up because when you get it, um, it's it's more rewarding to, to save up. This is what I say about anything instead of getting it on the never-never, which is what my dad calls it, you never really pay for it, you know, and get that instant gratification of, you know, oh, I can get it tomorrow. Well, wait up six months because then you might, there might something else might be come out, uh, you'll realise, you know what, I don't actually need it. In six months, you'll have that money in your hand and you might be thinking, I oh, know I'm, I don't want to spend it on this anymore. Yeah, I, did, I didn't actually need it. Yeah. You know, um, a trick we, we've done when we're on Amazon, you know, it's easy to just get it tomorrow. But the trick is put it in your wish list. So it feels like you're getting it. Yeah, it's so nice to put it in your basket. Yeah. So but just then, put it in your wish list. It's yeah. the same my, click. And then my f- wish list is, yeah. is full. But then you, to, yeah, you, but you, do you ever so go back to your wish list wish and take list. things off? Yeah, uh, regularly. Oh, yeah. Um, now imagine you bought all that stuff. That would yeah. be collecting dust in your in your office right now, yeah, and you'd be you, like, you, "Oh man, you didn't need it straight away." So, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly going back through my wish list and and being like, "Actually, I don't want to get this. I'd rather get this over the, <laughs> over like this light." And yeah, I mean, it, it, it usually works out for the for the better for me. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we're sitting in the studio and we've got equipment around us right now. We've got podcast mics, we've got cameras, um, so it's okay for us to to see all of that, but. It, you, when when we were just starting out, it was like, oh, I, I really want to get a slider. I want to get a new lens. I want to get this. And you've just got to hold yourself back and go, no, I'm just going to shoot with this and uh, know the quality that you can shoot. And, you know, it, like Rich said earlier, he didn't realize when you do a client job, you could actually rent them. You could put that in the budget. If yeah. they want something very specific and you can't deliver, you've got to tell them that. You just charge the yeah. client. That's yeah. something I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. It's like if, if, you, if you've got some building work and, and the builder needs to buy a digger to dig something out, he doesn't buy a digger. He rents one and then charges the client. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know yeah. that at the time. So I was just like, I've just got to use what I've got. I yeah. can't charge them too much because I'm not very good at it. Yeah. And then that just made the quality right down. Uh, that was the best analogy so far. Was this? The digger right. one, yeah. <laughs> So um, we first met um, was early last year, I think it was, um, when I came and helped collaborate on the Asylum Groove. Um, what what are your thoughts really with with collaborating with other filmmakers? Well, first of all, it was really cool that we got a message from a from a subscriber saying that he lived in Middlesbrough at the time, and he was like, "Can I come and help you?" We were like, "Yeah, of course you can." And then when we saw your showreel, we were like, "Right, we definitely need to get this guy." Yeah, in. this guy can shoot. The only trouble you have with collaborating with uh, former strangers is you bring them on a shoot and then either they might smell or they're really weird yeah oh we've had that oh sorry guys I didn't realise that's what you thought about yeah. Yeah. no no because when you if it's just a random stranger especially turning up on day one of shoot when you've got so much to concentrate on and you know you've got a schedule to go for it's difficult to make time for those people who are just kind of turning up to help they don't yeah. know what to expect of of themselves you know what, what can you give them you know you can't get to know anyone too quickly because you've got to you've got to get on with the works obviously we were we're we met you before the shoot and this is something we yeah. were trying to do That's with everything. It's almost like the vetting process. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. would have told you a different date if we, did, if we didn't get along with you. Yeah, we would have, uh, the film would have been quote-unquote cancelled if we didn't like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, c- collaboration, 
me and Mitch collaborated a couple of years ago and it, it has worked out and it's just getting to know people and it's, it's getting to know the right the right people just getting to to know who they are as a person it can only really be a benefit other than the anomalies of like really strange people um you know being able to have someone else who maybe even they don't have quite they're not quite on par with certain skills that you have but it means that if they've got 70% of those skills you can just stop doing a million roles and do 900,000 roles yeah and uh, and it's yeah. it's trusting in others as well yes collaborations is is you know a two-way street but it's it's trusting in them to to do something even if it's just turn up and carry the bags and just be a a decent person uh yeah. you know and you can get along with them they, they know their role and you know after we've both kind of done roles where we've been on set and you know we are bottom of the pile we're just the runners or the production assistants that's that's really fun as well you know your role and you're just like i'm just here to help in any way you need something getting i'll go and get it because yeah. you're you're doing your specific role and you need your time you know you shouldn't be running around all all over the place I guess another thing with collaboration is, you know, we've got we've got a bit of experience making short films and we're part of of uh, filmmaking networks. But you've also when someone's helped you out as a production assistant, if they ask you to be a production assistant, you got to check your ego at the door and you got to say it's not about the role that I'm playing for this person. It's about the time that I'm given. And if all if, you know, I helped someone out and I thought, oh, well, no, I'm, I like to direct films, I like to write them and I like to do I like to do some sound work on it, but they're asking me to sort of help on the catering or be a driver. Well, it's it's less about the role that I've given from these people. It's more about, well, how much time did I, did I get from this person? I need to give all that time back. Yeah. And that is my 2019 New Year's resolution. Oh, I need nice. to give lots of time back. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, we, we, lots of people have worked with us. And those people have to work with us have, you know, the better than us in some areas. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, yeah. The, the, they are better. You, you've got different skill sets all over the place. And um, if someone wants to, you know, uh, for example, if they just want to do that, okay, get them on sound and constantly build up their skill because then they become your sound recorders and they can take care of that job, you know it, and you can trust them and then you can concentrate on doing yours. Yes, at the beginning, you will be doing everything yourself, um, but, you know, you can... And that's fun too because it means that you get to try different things out. Um, you get to know what you like. But yeah, I like being able to uh, take on more specific roles and let these people who might even be unskilled doing that role is going to make the production way better mm -hmm. the overall picture is going to be so much better so isaac um let us know when you need a hand on something we'll come down to leeds and and, and give you a hand because uh, we owe you some yeah, time be brilliant yeah. i've got a few documentaries i'm planning at the moment so all uh, right wicked. Be in touch yeah. about that give us a bell <laughs> yeah i mean like for me with with collaborating it's it's something i really enjoy doing and something i don't get to do often um like living in a new city i still haven't built up a network of, of other filmmakers here yet so i'm slowly trying to do that um i've considered doing like um meetup groups and that kind of thing yep um but i don't really know the people to ask to come along to the meetup groups so it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those catch uh 22 situations there mm -hmm. uh, but yeah like collaborating it's is something that really inspires me every time i do it is the the creativity that goes on when you're collaborating and just being able to bounce ideas off of each other and grow in the the film into something better than it would have been on your own. Yeah, I mean you you've got to you've got to learn to take that feedback as well, which is which is yeah. a, with collaboration, 
take everyone's opinion on board. Um, and don't take it personally. No. So everyone just wants the best for a project. Yeah. And someone might think that they have a better idea. And you know what? A lot of the times they do have a better idea. And you just got to say yes to these things. And when with someone else, they'll ask you a question, even if it's just why. Why are you doing this? Why is the character doing walking this way? And then you've got to go step out and answer that question. And if you're like, you know what? I, I didn't think about that. I don't that. know why. I don't know why. So, okay, let's work it out. Yeah. Um, or if you have the answer, it's just a reassurance to yourself that you've thought about it. Everyone's clear on page. And generally they go, all oh, right, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't know the entire backstory um, to what and what's going on in your head and it's always great knowing that someone questioned it to try and benefit the project yeah. so it's like oh no but did you think of this though well I did think of it and it's because of this this and this and then they understand it you understand it and then everyone's in the clear and it's like well thank you for yeah. potentially trying to fix something that you thought was broken in mm. this project because that's that seems like that's the uh, the biggest advantage of having other collaborators is um you know, having a focused lens is great, but having loads of people who are, are willing to stick their neck out for you, that's the mm. that's yeah. the best thing. Yeah. All right. Um, it was brilliant having you guys on here. Um, it's been a good, good conversation with you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for Thanks coming Thanks for on. inviting us. It's been great. No, yeah. Thank you. I mean, we'll talk about filmmaking all day. <laughs> we could, yeah. so, and it's, it's yeah. just interesting <laughs> to obviously hear your opinions and I suppose reflect on some of ours as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm wanting with these these podcasts, these episodes, is to be a a chance to just chat with other filmmakers and learn from them, and hopefully they can learn some stuff from me. So yeah, thank you so much for coming along to join me. Um, uh, would you like to plug yourself? Uh, yeah, you can find our YouTube channel. It's called The Film Look. I don't know even know if we mentioned that earlier. It's called The Film Look um, on all the social medias, but the main one is obviously YouTube. Release videos every Tuesday, sometimes Sundays. Um, we've got a we do a podcast called The Film Look. Uh, find that on various wherever. Yeah, iTunes, Android, anywhere that you would get a, a podcast on your phone, we're on it. Yeah, just all at The Film Look, which was quite lucky that we got all those. That's all for this week. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me on podcast.isaacjackson.com. You can also find me on most social networks as at Isaac Jackson. To learn more about filmmaking, visit my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Isaac Jackson. I post weekly tutorials and regular vlogs that take you behind the scenes of my video company, Volta Media. Don't forget to join in with the community over on Reddit at slash r slash FDST podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and want to support what I'm doing, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Isaac Jackson. All right, thanks for joining me on my journey to learn filmmaking. And remember, films don't shoot themselves.